0: Welcome to Progression Lab. I'm your host, Hanson McCoy. At Progression Lab, we dive into proven techniques for better creative solutions. Here, we tap into the insights of academic research, creative experts, and the industry around us to help you become a more effective problem solver. My mission is to inspire positive change by guiding you to the tools that you need to find creative solutions and to drive exceptional performance. I have a fascinating interview today with product designer Andrew Alexander we dive into design principles in the business world, the typical mistakes that digital agencies make, being product-led versus being client-led, agile working, career progression in design, the future of design teams, and the role that design sprints play in that future. Andrew is incredibly well-versed in this field and someone that I've had the pleasure of working with in the past. And so I hope you enjoy this episode. And for more information about what we do at Progression Lab, please go to progressionlab.co.uk. All right, let's dive into it. So Andrew, thank you for jumping on the show. And I want to start off by asking you a little bit about your background. Um, So (laughs) what was your introduction to the world of design?
1: Hi there, Hansel. Uh, it's nice being on. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've you. seen a lot of your your videos uh, that you're publishing out on LinkedIn, and looks like you're doing a good job and trying to help the the creative world, so to speak. Uh,
0: thanks for that, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to inspire people to create better solutions, and and that's where that's where Progression Lab is really from. Um, and I know that's that's part of your role as well as a designer, right?
1: It is, yeah, yeah. But a bit of my background over the last 10 years I've been heavily involved in uh, in the digital world um can be within product-led startup companies the within the agency environment but also working under my own small freelance agency where i've um, done majority of the the design work managerial work running the business and outsourcing development um to various countries around the world including india and the philippines and my, my three core areas are around product design being agile and and Got a, a keen interest also in, in data privacy, so GDPR and, and and all other types of legal frameworks around data privacy globally.
0: Interesting. So you kind of specialize. Um, you've been you've been around the world of design in product led roles, but you, your specialty is in product design um, agility, I suppose. And the like, the GDPR, the the legal side of it as well. How, how did you get into that? Because that feels like something that's slightly different to the designer's role.
1: Yeah, well, it came about when I was working for a company called IX Ledger, which was, which was a, a blockchain company.
0: Hmm.
1: And when we were designing uh, the product there, we we came across a problem. It was a couple of years ago now, um, and and the problem uh, was around uh keeping information private and I'm not sure if you know too much about blockchain but blockchain is a decentralized technology um, and the idea of blockchain is so everyone can perform certain transactions out in the, in the public eye and to have their information quite transparent. Um, and that contradicts in some way data privacy, you know, the secrecy of your information. So when we were designing and developing the technology, we had to, that was one of our biggest challenges was, was GDPR and, and data protection. And, and how do we keep information private? but yet have a platform that's so transparent with your transactions and information. Um, so that's that's where I, that's where how I got involved in uh, GDPR. And, and I took it upon myself on on the side outside of product design to do a lot of training within it. And I, I'm quite a logical thinker by nature. Yeah. So, you know, when I was speaking with lawyers and compliance officers, um, I, I, you know, I relished it in those conversations. I enjoyed wow. it. And I know that, um, data is, is, a, is a massive subject within product design. I'm seeing that more and more so in, in any type of company, whether it be in an agency, whether it be in a startup, whether it be in a corporate environment, you know, data is leading the way. Um, and, and we have to be super careful about how we manage the data. So I, it's, it's, for me, it's actually quite heavily connected to product design.
0: Absolutely. And you're totally right about data leading the way. Um, and and just hearing you speak made me think of what it is to be creative. And creativity itself has been transforming with the growing adoption of data and technology in the creative process. And we, we can clearly see that our creative campaigns are being enriched by data justified so that there's less risk. And, and I, can, I can completely understand now thinking about it with that comes the need to understand how to use people's data in order to design better products, and I, I, I can understand that that's totally like a natural, a natural, a natural way for you to go, and, and a really good way for you to think. And I, I, I'm just like you, really, as well. Like when I'm talking to people, I, I really do open my mind. I really do try and absorb the information around me. Um, and so it really does sound like you you made the you made the best of that opportunity. Um, yeah. Another thing I wanted yeah. to ask you a little bit more about is. You said you've predominantly worked in product-led roles and and for a lot of people they're not really going to understand what that means what does it mean to be product-led
1: product-led is typically a term used um, in tech companies that put the the product in front of everything else it's all about the use of mm-hmm. the customer the experience of, of their ideal customer and you need to put your product hat on you know everybody does from designer to mid-level management to senior management to people running the company you know they all need to be thinking about the product and and you know whatever decision they make you know they're thinking about how can we involve that product where if you work in an agency environment it's slightly different they're more uh, client focused mm. uh, and communication focused and, and themselves they are not a product-led company they, they they split their attention across many different clients and uh, and verticals
0: Mm, I see. So, with being product led, kind of comes uh, a level of focus, I suppose, focus on just developing one thing for it to be um, the best possible solution for your customers rather than focusing on the, the clients as a, the focus behind everything that you're doing. Um, myself, I, I, and I suppose you as well, we both worked in various agencies and, and we've both heard the people first approach. Um, it, it sounds like what you're saying is the people first approach kind of contrasts the product led approach uh, or can it go hand in hand?
1: Uh, Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think it should go hand in hand. I I personally feel that there are, there are are good companies out there that do it really well, but unfortunately majority of companies in today's world don't do it well. That's where they need to fill the gap.
0: Um, Uh, I see. I think a lot of people do see it as two separate things, but I suppose, more and more we'll be finding ways to blend the true. And I think being agile is a natural way to do it as well. Um, You mentioned that um, working in agile companies and rolling out agile solutions um, is something that you have experience in as well. And so does that mean just working from home? Does that mean working remotely? What does that mean to you?
1: Agile uh, means organization and to deliver uh, with reasonable speed um, and being quite concise uh, in what you're delivering. It's, it's also about having that transparency around different members within an within agency or a corporation in terms of, of what you've got to deliver as a team. That's it's Agile for me is not really dependent on where you are. You, you can be on the other side of the world and still contribute to an Agile environment. Um, yeah. An Agile can ex, is as, as small as um, using a Sprint design system or a Sprint DevOps, System, you know, you could use Jira as a ticketing system to organize your work, and 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 you know, be very focused within a two-week sprint as a team. That's oh, yeah. a small bit. And then to the large, you know, to the larger size, um, you know, you, you've got senior management thinking agile, um, creating all the the project documentation, um, and 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 filtering down that that logical and process way of operating as a company. It comes yeah. from two angles. You've got the, you know, you've got the benefits of agile for the creative team to, to be quite concise in what they do and deliver what they need. But it also needs strong support in terms of organisation and documentation from senior management.
0: You know, I could tell you were a designer when you started talking about Jira, um, because I think mm-hmm. I think many people, many many account manager types um, uh, are, are frightened of that level of detail on each individual task <laughs> yeah. um, and so and so i can come I, I, I can see the designer inside of me coming out uh, i think a natural and a really good thing for us to think about would be the common mistakes that a lot of digital companies make you know these these common things that a lot of companies fall over on
1: you know you, you when you whenever you're looking at mistakes it's it's really the the problem of of one or one thing um usually there are wider issues that at stake here that need to be looked from an organizational point of view um so with that in mind one of the biggest issues that i find generally speaking um designers in the wider management need to save a lot more time for creative thinking and analyzing their goals and their users and yeah that would touch the point around being product-led more, more user-focused it, you know it's not just having a senior management come along and say, okay, we need to hit this particular monetary target within the next quarter, or we need to um, sign up 300 new customers to our particular product, or whether you're in an agency environment, it's not about we need to win 10 more clients to, to be financially stable and to, to keep the, the company afloat. You know, I'm not talking that. I'm talking more about creative and design thinking where you know we think about, Well, at the end of the day, you know, we're putting our emotional hat on, you know, we're we're trying to be empathetic, we're trying to think about our end users, our end customers, whether it be a client, you know, in an agency environment, and those clients have their end users, because at the end of the day that we're servicing them, I mean, the client are in the middle, you know, but we're we're helping them serve their end user. So there's always an end user somewhere. And we have to think about their goals. Um, and, and I think management, um, from account management to senior management, to designers, to developers, to, str- to strategic thinkers, business analysts, you, they need to get into a room more often um, for one, two, three hours and do some creative workshops, something similar to what you provide, um, you know, where they can talk about the user's goals and the business objectives and, and, and see what they can do as a team to align um, and to bring that laser focus approach to to their creativity, that quite often, the the way that as an agency or corp wants to run their business operate operation is not in harmony with the creative process. So if Absolutely. you have those types of workshops, you will create that harmony, and I think that you, you know you will find that you you'll meet the the users' end goal.
0: Quicker. Absolutely. Oh, well, you know you know that that's something that really does hit home for me. Um, I I believe that uh, just what you said, it needs to be part of an organization's culture. It can't just be something that you sit down every once in a while to think of things as, you know, think of some random, random solution. It needs to be something that's intrinsic, something where you believe that everyone, everyone can solve problems in your organization. Everyone can contribute and that there's no problem that's too big to solve. Um, Mm. And it it really does come from this thinking of, you know, I'm going to hire people and I'm going to teach them how to do the job. And then there'll be great thinkers on the job. No, thinking is just like any, any other practical skill. It needs to be honed. It needs, it needs to be practiced. There are techniques. Uh, there are ways in which solutions can be, can be derived faster. Uh, and so what you said there really does hit home for me that, you know, being able to take a step back and, and thinking more about how you're going to approach challenges as a team that's something that really does, really does need to change, and really is something that a lot of companies um, fall down on. So I can't agree with you more there. Mm.
1: I think it, it takes me on to a second point when we're on this. Um, uh, say the, the second uh, common, I wouldn't say common mistake, but a common issue uh, that needs improved on generally within agency or corporate environments is, is being career focused too, and, and having that support, not just having those design workshops but um i think companies need to create an environment where creative people can feel comfortable uh to be who they are and to practice what they preach um and to be listened to and to give them a path for, for career progression at the end of the day you know design technology is moving super fast and design also with it and nowadays a lot of businesses are looking to design um to answer those uh, business challenges and user goals so but but although they want to do that they also need to create the environment and the career progression for those designers to come in i've i've, I've, I've spoken to quite a lot of tech companies over the last one or two years and they tell me that they find it very hard to find designers that are, you know, that are specialists within UX. The likes of Google and IBM, they gobble up those professionals, apparently. Yeah. Um and you know the majority of companies are struggling to find decent UX professionals. And and I'm seeing that a lot of companies are trying to look for something that doesn't exist, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah, UX is so. a relatively new I mean, user experience has always been a part of a product, um and and, and you know, and and keeping user users happy for a very long time but because the technology is advancing so quickly now design is also needs to be in parallel there there is a gap there there is a huge demand but that i think that's an opportunity for businesses to create that environment to take on junior designers whether they're coming out of university whether they've done a a design boot camp you know to bring them on board and create that environment and, and that career progression path and and guide them. And and I'm pretty sure if if more companies approached it that way, again, they'll get much closer to achieving the user's goals, you know, um, and and growing their company in the way they want to be. What I'm trying to get at here is not only that the company needs to create that career progression for those people to come walking into the company to learn and grow with the company, I think those designers also need to take a bit of responsibility and develop their own career path. They need to spend a lot more time in the market, um, uh, you know, looking for inspiration, uh, reading up on product focused topics and maybe also learning a bit of agile. So when they do go into a company, you know, they're, they're not learning everything from scratch from the beginning. You know, they've got a good understanding of how design principles, connect with the business world.
0: Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't agree with you more there as well. And I can totally see how your second point is linked to your first point, making, making creative thinking part of a, of a company's culture, really, a, a part of a team's, you know, what's intrinsic to a team. And it really is making design accessible for everybody. People think of design as something that's just for the end user when, in actual fact, a design is a thinking hat that you can put on to think about any problem, whether it be an internal one or an external one. And it really is being able to hire these UX designers, as you said, that are that are specialists. Um, and I, I'm not surprised why these big companies who've these guys up. Uh, I'm just wondering if, you know, what we'll see in 2021 is more people going into these types of roles. Um, we're certainly seeing more people, we're, we're certainly seeing companies think a lot differently um, and move towards, you know, more more agile ways of working, have to adapt to changing circumstances. Um, I'm wondering if that will make a change in, in the types of roles that they'll be hiring for as well. And maybe we'll see more of these designers that you're speaking about.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, there definitely is an explosion of... Um, people going to different areas of design. Uh, but I think one thing that's quite obvious for me is that the people that tend to go through university and, and and learn a certain design discipline, you have the likes of Google and IBM building relationships with those universities and getting a hold of those talented people, You know, even when they first start their university in the first one or two years. So it's gonna be extremely difficult for other businesses out there that just wait for for designers to be available on the market. You know, they're they're already missing out. Um, And and I think that these these companies do need to, as I said earlier, take a more of an active approach and creating a career path for designers.
0: I I believe you had a a third point, a third mistake that uh, some of these digital agencies make. Um, Obviously, the, the first one we mentioned is, you know, making creative thinking intrinsic to a company's culture Um, the second is being career focused uh, being able to you know really bring people up and really really nurture their talents
1: Mm, yeah so yeah my third point does relate to those two and i did touch on it a little bit in terms of inspiration looking Mm. for inspiration um but to go a little bit deeper on that in, in terms of inspiration is it's that both, again, the companies and designers, I find, need to spend a bit more time in understanding the markets that they want to go into. Mm. Um, it's very well and good, you know, with, with businesses and, and designers, creative, not just designers, but creative people uh, thinking, you know, I want to run a business within that particular sector or I want to design this particular product. You know, that it, it's just not enough these days. Businesses are, are you know, are very specific. Um, and 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 it forces businesses and creative people to to be like minded they have to understand the markets that they want to go in and what they're interested in it's not good enough any longer just to say you know i used to be a graphic designer or a web designer and i'm just going to make a transition to ux and just because i've heard they pay a good salary you know for mm-hmm. example um, and it's not good enough for a company to say well, I've heard UX is a thing these days. it's a term being thrown around so we have to embrace it and kind of do a bit of this and that Now it's both businesses and and, and creative people and designers need to really hone in in their market that they want to practice their discipline um, whether it be you know a designer wanting to work within the fintech space, then they need to get really intimate with that space by. Um, seeking inspiration and networking with business leaders and other creative professionals in that market. And and nine times out of 10, the opportunity that you're looking for within a certain vertical will come to you if you devote more of your time in that area. And I I find that there are too many designers out there at the moment or creative people out there they are a little bit lost, frankly. You know they 've heard how well paid design can be, or if not the you know they love the idea of sitting there from eight in the morning to late at night creating creating things that that 's all well and good. I think that touches the the passionate side, but they also need to be a little bit sensible and focus on on a particular market
0: absolutely, and I think it's really common for us to think of these you know, insert blank, creative, creative specialists. So this creative strategist person, we need to take a step back and think about what types of creative specialists do we need? And what types of specialists do we want to become? And, um, I I think, I think it's that niching down mentality. Um, sometimes we're afraid to pick just one option because we know that when we scatter, you know, we don't need to just hone in on one thing. You are absolutely right that, you know, not just as individuals, but as organizations, we need to understand where we're actually going. And so I also want to ask you a bit more about design thinking and making it applicable because all of this does. Does coincide with this mentality of being able to think like a designer when we're thinking about our companies. But sometimes design thinking for companies is something that's a bit intangible, something that that can't be applied to their problems. Um, And so in your experience, have you have you had any thoughts on how design thinking can be applied within organizations.
1: Training, training, training. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, quite often, you're not going to be able to do effective design thinking. If you're not going to seek inspiration, you're not going to network, and you're not going to train. Um, you need to do all those three things to to be able to put that design thinking hat on. And mm. design thinking usually comes from uh, senior management. Design thinking is, is a leadership type of quality. Um, that an organization or an individual would have um yeah and and, and then and, and usually the better you are at that it does come from experience it, it's quite rare that you'll find a new startup company or a, a person that's just come out of university to have that um design thinking discipline it, yeah. It's usually learned while doing design in, in, in a in a creative environment um and and tackling user goals and and you know business goals too um so in terms of applying design thinking you know companies and it touches on my earlier points companies and and individuals need to be very career focused they need to be that environment to, to, to do the training
0: absolutely i mean i when i think about when i think about a lot of the companies i've worked in in the past um the approach to training hasn't been as as tailored uh, as it could be. We don't think about how to nurture, you know, creativity and design thinking, you know, teaching these principles um, in order to help people really think about the problems that they're solving. And, and so I'm, I'm totally with you that training is the main thing that companies really need to be thinking about in order to nurture their staff and, and really bring out bring out design thinking principles within their companies. Um, it's just the case of them taking taking a hold of the opportunity and really steering the ship that's that's how I
1: see it, really. Design thinking is a very wide subject. Absolutely, um, it's it's not just a bit about putting a pen to paper or sitting at your desk and um, creating a new homepage for a particular product. It, it's not just about thinking about one particular goal of a user. It encompasses a lot more than that. You, you have there are there are a lot of a lot of psychological elements a part of that. You know, you have to be very empathetic. You have to have strong emotional intelligence and. You need to have a lot of trust with your internal and external stakeholders. You need to be very organized as a company and individual, you know, you know, uh, working in line with things like Agile. Um, mm-hmm. That that enables a company or an individual to put that design thinking hat on and, and, and do well with that.
0: I, I do believe that a lot of these opportunities are things that we, we've taken for granted in many ways as well. Um, I, I think, you know, we, we've all been in, in large companies where, you know, we have lots of different training available to us. Um, you know, we can, we can go in many different directions and, you know, maybe we'll sit in a training session and, 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 you know, just not pay attention, I suppose, you know, that could be the trainer <laughs> themselves, but, you know, it could also yeah. be, you know, the amount of choice that we have. And so, you know, it's not just companies being able to, you know, offer the right training. It's being able to see the value in, in, in all of this training that we have to our, to to our fingertips. Um, I remember when I worked in media planning, one of my favorite parts of the job was having companies come in and tell me about what they were doing. Um, you know, a lot of the time, obviously, it was to purchase their services. But um, the main thing that I the main reason why I enjoyed that was I was able to learn um, about how all of these new companies were solving problems uh, and they used to present in a really interesting way. And it's just what you said at the beginning of this this podcast, it's being able to be open to the information that's around us, open to the possibilities that are around us. And I think that it's not just a a mindset shift from the top, but it's a mindset shift um, from – Everybody who who enters the doors of an organisation to to take in as much information as they can to inspire them and to to guide them in the in the direction that they want to they want to go in. And that that's how I truly do see it. And, and so I wanna I wanna round off by by talking a little bit about you know what the future of design teams looks like in digital companies. Um, because we spoke we spoke a bit about agile. We spoke a bit about you know how. Um, our, our current situation is impacting how companies are behaving. But I'm interested in any other factors that may be contributing to how things are going to go for design teams in digital companies.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, again, a very <laughs> a, a wide question with a, lot of, with a lot of answers. Uh, I think especially in the, in the times of COVID, you know, we now have to think about remote working a lot more um, and in my view, that's very positive. Um, it's forcing people to trust each other um, and to build operations around being uh, being independent, but yet being a, uh, an individual contributor to the you know to the end goal of the business or, or meeting that user's goal. Um, and, and and I think it, it is is forcing everyone to be a little bit more mature in in their approach to work, which I'm all for. So, or, although it's, a, you know, it's a very sad situation what's happening with COVID, but on, on, on the bright side, um, it's, I think it's, it's doing much better for us. It's, 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 it's making us think a little bit more strategic in the way we work and deliver.
0: Absolutely. Sometimes we need our environment to change for our thinking to change. And so I'm absolutely with you there. And, um, yeah you know, in many, you're right, in many circumstances, it has been uh, a negative thing for people, you know, especially people on on an individual level. But I believe it's also a catalyst for, you know, amazing things to come. And thinking more broadly away from the world of companies and design, everything. um, Think about where cultures come from, cultures come from adversity.
1: Yeah, I, I also think it's not just on a, a cultural shift uh, on a personal level. I mean, I think when we look uh, within within the working environment, it's also um, asking us to use slightly different tools, absolutely, and process of, deli- of delivering work. So I, I think that um we we did, well it's a fact that we don't have that environment any anymore where you can just go up to your colleague and tap them on the shoulder and ask him a question or we'll have that 2 minute chat in the office um about this and that you know uh, there there are these micro interactions that you had Um, that would get the company from A to B. But we don't have that anymore um, and something needs to replace that. Unfortunately, I think there are already processes in place uh, in the bigger companies that could be used, Mm -hmm. such as using agile sprints. So, you know, we need to rely more on these uh, internal tools like Jira for project management, but Mm -hmm. then setting up agile sprints within them. It gives the transparency to individuals wherever they may be remotely um, to be focused on, on what they've got to do with it within a certain period of time and, and how they're contributing uh, towards the business, but also achieving the, the user's end goal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so yeah, a, a big one for agile sprints, but, but also design sprints. You, know? um, mm. you can no longer uh, <laughs> work going to the office and have group meetings of 15 people um, and have multiple meetings after meetings, after meetings, after meetings, it's no It's, it's not like that any longer. So I think that would be very beneficial to, to create design sprints where, yes, people are remote, um, but you have a much shorter time for delivering. So for, for anybody that doesn't really know much about design sprints, design sprints are typically run within a five-day period, and it involves Uh, a designer or two, um, or a couple of developers, Uh, maybe a business analyst would be there, maybe the client would participate from time to time. It's basically a short burst of work within a five day period where you go from idea, concept, to validating, to actually getting it into the market um, and and using a particular feature. You wouldn't release a whole product within within a week that you will start working incrementally and you'll start validating your ideas more often and, and you'll have that closer relationship with, within your immediate team in the company that works remotely, that can work remotely. You can use other tools like Jira or there are Miro, Myro, for example is, is a good tool that you can use yeah. for sharing documents and presenting and, and just hanging out on there for all day if you wanted to. As i said that COVID is, is, is forcing us to think like that and to, to work like that now I think it's positive I think because I think people are going to achieve a lot more in a lot quicker time people are going to be a lot more efficient and they're going to be a lot more creative personally for me you know I, I can do five to six hours really hard work as an individual by myself within my own piece using these online tools communicating with, with other people in my my company directly, but then, when it's a bit too much, I can go for a walk for two hours, you know, and then and then I can come back and do another hard three to four hours work. Where if I was working in a, in a company uh, within the office, um, as I said, you'll you'll have those people touching you on your shoulder every twenty minutes, um, or you know, somebody. Will be coming in at nine o'clock, telling about how their evening went, and then somebody will come at nine thirty in the morning, and then someone will come in at ten o'clock in the morning and pretty much say the same thing. So there are so many interruptions that you yeah. had and you don't have now, um, and and so yeah, I'm a bit a big fan of of working remotely using online tools and absolutely within, within sprints,
0: as you said. You know, it's it's changing the structure of our work. Um, I really do think just. Um, about design sprints about design sprints and agile sprints um i particularly think that that's something that we could dive into in a future episode maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> because- because there's so much I could ask you about design, about design sprints, common things that people mess up on, but the, the, but the, tr- the crux of it is that, you know, this type of working, uh, this more agile type of working is going to be imperative for companies to adjust to. Uh, unfortunately, some companies were making the adjustment, but I'm sure even if we dive into the world of JIRA and design sprints, there are a million mistakes that can be made there as well, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, Exactly. Uh, as you said it, it, yeah, it's a large topic and it can be discussed uh, in, in another episode I presume I mean there is also one other thing that I wanted to finally touch on in terms of what I think is to come creative de- creative thinkers and, and designers and design agencies or companies they're going to have to be a little bit more systematic in in terms of their design process and thinking. Um, as I said, you, you can no longer have those lengthy user groups with various professionals in one room at a time in, in the office you, we now're quite individualistic you know within our own space working remotely and we now have to think about the efficiencies of our individual work and how it contributes to the wider team in the company. and that that's gonna gonna force us to think more templatey kind of approach now i wouldn't necessarily uh think negative about that i've got a very positive spin is that a lot of creative designers before were thinking okay a client's coming in i've got to upsell them on 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 on, with some certain ideas or creative thinking hopefully they're going to walk away and value my my creative flair let's say if they do i win bonus points for my senior management we win the client and i get to deliver my own creative piece but it, mm. that's how it used to be absolutely it, in both corp or agency but now it's going to be more templatey. there are there are so many examples now online that you can look at where it's it's tested and proven mythologies for user experience how you absolutely. can drive value for your users at the end. So what we have to do now is we need to create these user experience templates. We need to be very component driven, whether it be creating a a particular design asset or whether it be organizing certain agile documents for running uh, um, a design team. Uh, we or creative team we we have to think a little bit more template that where our components and documents and whatnot can be reused again and again and again across different projects so that helps speed up um, design time dev time you're using test and proven systems to to you know for your clients to get from into being and, and achieve their goals and, and obviously making those users happy um, uh, and, and yeah that, that's just how I think things are going to go and should go
0: i mean um I, I I really do agree with you that we should be thinking about what's tested and what's proven in terms of solving uh, solving a lot of these issues and i want I want to dig a little bit deeper while we can on the templated approach that you mentioned um, the experience templates I think you you call them because um in many ways, a template—a templated approach—can be a very positive thing because we're doing what's proven, rather than putting our finger up in the air and doing a different thing every time. Um, the downside to that is that it, take, it can take away from the, the iterative questioning the process type thinking that really does inspire people and allows people to take control within their, within their workspaces um, and so the question is can you have a hybrid behind uh, sorry a hybrid between you know, implementing a templated approach that 's proven but also being able to question the way you 're doing things as well? Do you think that those two things can be mixed
1: for sure um you know usually a user experience person again user experience is quite a wide subject you have different disciplines you can you can have a researcher within ux you can have a ui designer you can have a user experience designer um you can have somebody that specializes in information architecture you know that's when we look at the pure design element but then uh, to support ux you always need the senior management whether it be um a product owner that specializes within a certain sector, that understands the user inside and out, then you'll need a business analyst uh, you know, to analyze the actual markets, where it's come from, where the market is going. Um, and, and yeah, so I think it, it can work. You, ideally, companies will have those um, market-specific intelligence supporting the UX team, and the UX team would be allowed to then uh, create that template kind of approach mm-hmm. um, uh, for execution. You know, we're executed, it gives them the opportunity to execute already things, things that work um, so you can speed up uh, delivery time. Um, but, but, but also those UX people are, are listening to those business analysts, you know, those product managers and owners um, and those, those, those specialists uh, outside, uh, you know, of their profession. I think from a UX person, it's not, they don't, a UX person doesn't necessarily need to have the answers themselves. I think that's actually a massive confusion too mm. about what a user experienced person does. Yeah. Or a creative a design person um, thinks. They do not need the answers, but they need to know how to find the answers. Mm. Um, um, there, there is some sort of a medium between the user, the client and the company that they work for and then the product that they're designing. You know, they need to be able to know how to look into certain research that's already been undertaken. They need to know how to figure out what's to come in the market in the next six months. And quite often you'll go to other people or other sources to, to obtain that information to, to drive your design thinking.
0: You know, I completely agree with you. And um, wow, you, you have touched on something really big. And I, I do have to say that if I was a junior designer and coming into a role, this podcast would be you know, absolutely. You know, perfect for me. i would be able to go to work with all of these different ideas. Um, I'll, I'll change everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, Andrew, I really do. I really do appreciate your time, and I appreciate your thoughts as well. Um, and I think that we've we've spoken about you know a, a whole a whole range of things. But the, the the crux of what we're saying is that, you know, even though things are good at the moment, they can always be better. We can always have a look at what we're doing and improve it. We should be looking at what's working. We should be understanding and cutting out what isn't working. Uh, and we should be taking care of people. Um, and so I, I think that this whole podcast, even though we've been talking about a lot of the mistakes that, 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 that a lot of these companies have made, you know, all of these are, are truly opportunities and, and, you know, avenues where a lot of the companies around us will be able to grow in the future. So I do want to thank you for your team. Sorry, thank you for your time. And, um, you know, I could talk to you for I could talk to you for another hour anyway. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I, like, right. yeah you know, I could talk to you for another hour. but um, But in, instead, I'm going to call this one here. And I will say that um, you know, I you know, having you on has been amazing. Um, I want to mm-hmm. give you an opportunity. Have you got anything, any any way, any way for people to connect with you? Any way for people to find you?
1: Okay, so it's LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Andrew UK eighty two.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, I'm sure that people will be able to keep up with your expertise and keep up with what you're doing as well. Um, As I mentioned, there are very exciting things ahead and um, I'm looking forward to a future episode with you as well. Um, So uh, thanks for your time. Be
1: more than happy to join later. Yeah. Thank you too. It's been a pleasure.
0: Amazing. Thank you for listening in to today's episode. If you have any thoughts, please drop me a message at Wednesday at progressionlab.co.uk or simply a comment in the discussion below. I'd like to leave a link to Andrew Alexander's LinkedIn profile. You'll be able to find that in the show notes. And if you're interested in using creativity to transform your business, please head on over to progressionlab.co.uk. That's www.progressionlab.co.uk. For now, thanks for listening in and I'll see you on the next episode.